0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Magic Beans Podcast. This is episode 106, and I'm Cracker. I'm going to be your host for this evening, and I'm joined by one of the beans in Chewy. How are you, mate? I'm
1: very, very well. Always happy to have you taking the reins, mate. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate
0: it. And we've got a special guest tonight, Chewy. A bean sprout. We do. Someone who we've (laughs) tagged in at the last minute, our statistician and numbers expert, Mr. J. Mudd. How are you doing?
2: I am doing very well. Thank you, Cracker. What an honour to be here.
0: It's good to have you, mate. I think this is long overdue. Actually, you've been, you know, a part of our community for since the very start. I think. Well, very, was, very early on. Since you People kindly opened
2: f- up the doors and let us in, for sure. Yeah. So it's
0: good to have you. Uh, well, you yeah. You,
1: have, you haven't made us regret opening the doors just yet, but uh, <laughs> that, that's great. And you're fresh off some commentary at our envy, which we'll touch on a little bit tonight. But uh, yeah. Great job to yourself and Maddie P in uh, in the commentary box booth. Don't forget, Jared. Ty's. Yeah. Oh, and Ty, yeah, I was just no, no. Great job to you and Maddie P. But yes, Ty's was <laughs> wow. no, no, no. Ty's wow. did a great job as always. I I did refer to us as the eighteen, uh, and uh, yeah, it's always good fun. It's uh, it's nice to uh, yeah bring in other people and get that different perspective, and uh, you certainly provided that, and yep. it's very really good. Right,
0: Ty, I just want you to make note that it was Chewy throwing beats at you this week, not <laughs> me, all right? It was me last week, but, uh, you know, he, he started writing angry comments in the Discord. It's always already. one of his times, <laughs> but it's, yes. a,
1: it's because we love you. It's exactly right. Exactly
0: right. All right, so we've got a couple of things to get through this week. And speaking of the envy, we need to talk about the people who made that possible. Chewy, tell us all about it.
1: Wow. So, anybody who tuned in for the Envy would have seen us giving away, like, Modern Horizons 2 collector boosters and all that sort of stuff. And all of that stuff uh, is provided by the amazing folk at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. So, they put in the bulk of the three grand worth of cash and prizes that we've given out for the Envy. And then, who knows how much we've given out over the uh, the course of the year. So... Uh, what we do is absolutely made possible by these guys. They are a Facebook auction group where you can bid on physical magic cards every single night, seven days a week. And they have mint primo auctions on the weekend. They are my favorite to peruse. I very rarely win those bids. I get outbid pretty quickly, but uh, it's amazing though. You can pick up some absolute bargains. I picked up some cube cards this week, which is good just in time for the Christmas break where we intend to do some cube. Nice. But, yeah, they are an amazing uh, organization at Josh & Pat's. Their full-time auctioning, it means that uh, you have the absolute best of communication and speedy shipping that uh, you could absolutely ask for. So, yeah, check them out, uh, jpmtgbizarre.com.au. And when you do win an auction... Be sure to tell them that the beans
0: sent you. Awesome, thank you, mate.
2: You must have quite a few cubes going at this rate, Joey. Uh, mine. I'm always iterating on. Uh,
1: and Polly Waffle's got the vintage cube, uh, which you've had uh, had the joy of playing a couple of times now, I think. And Shorty's got a Pauper cube. So I'm just slowly finding my cubes range sort of somewhere in between, so sort of around the legacy power level. I think so. And just trying to add in new archetypes, support the ones that are already there. So for example, this week, I won an old frame intangible virtue because I want the token strategy because I know Cracker loves drafting green and white. It's my favorite. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, wanting to, you know, maybe like an Abzan uh, tokens strategy or, or archetype that I'm trying to support a little better in the um in the cube some some token producers like you know bitter blossom already existed but yeah trying to just bring in a bit more and support for those colors that are drafted less often and i generally just get my cards from joshua pats because uh you know you can just pick up those bargains and it's fantastic check them out
0: all right so main topic and and the reason we brought mr mud on is because i i was indisposed on the weekend unfortunately i'm in the midst of Moving house. Hooray, I have a house to move to, which is good news. Um, Congrats. So, I I was in and out of the cast. I managed to, I was catching as much as I could whilst doing other things. And you guys put on an awesome show. You really did. I had fun. Did you have fun, j
2: I loved it. It was a very smooth operation too. You guys are a well-oiled machine at this point.
1: We've started to figure it out, I think. And, like, shout out Shorty. Uh, I know we, we, we give him a fair bit of grief and... You know he oftentimes deserves it, but credit where it's due. He put in a lot of work and has been building uh, the stream and the the production really, really well. And uh, Polly Waffle was uh, behind the camera, uh, pressing the buttons, doing that sort of production work, supported by Shorty and uh, with yourself, Maddie P and Tires uh, jumping in to do commentary. But Maddie P was also the person behind the scenes. Running giveaways, uh, organising matches. matches, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I, it would be remiss to talk about the envy without starting with that. Like the the effort that the guys went into. Like Shorty and Polywaffle were there from seven in the morning, and, and we left at seven o'clock that night. Plus all of the late nights that everybody put in. So yeah to the beans uh that were involved and and the the people that are beans adjacent like yourself j mud thank you uh could not have done it without you it was uh it was a real team effort and i i loved it and i just hope everybody else enjoyed it half as much as i did
0: yeah i mean look sitting on the outside for this one it just shows like i thought we did a really good job with envy last year like i was super proud of of the effort we put together and the show we put on, and just like, well, how, how do we get better than this? And this year's just kind of taken it to a whole whole new. St- you had <laughs> Jay take <laughs> It's going to another level. It's just like bad, you know, movie <laughs> things. But, um, uh, how many cliches just, can we throw at? Oh, yeah. we, can, yeah. we could do a lot, I'm sure. Um, but it really has. We've stepped up our game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're taking it one week at a time. Yeah, but seriously, it's uh, you know there's been a lot of concerted effort, and it shows. Like it, it's you know, like you said, it's it's a really smooth running machine now, and it it really comes through as a as a, as a really well polished production. Particularly given that you know this is this is a little hobby; it's a side thing for all of us. You know, none of us have got any expertise in in art or, you know, video direction or, you know, yeah. any of that kind of stuff. We kind we're of certainly not getting paid for it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We're <laughs> certainly not getting yeah. paid for it. But, yeah. you know, it's it's a it's a labor of love. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super, super proud of, of everything that we've managed to put together. So, well done. And one of the things that I think made the Envy so good was the sick gameplay. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were some banging matches that we there had.
1: There were some crackers. And there were some really good yeah. ones off- um, off-camera too, unfortunately. We couldn't cover them all. The nature of top 16 double elimination is there is just a lot of matches to play. Um, sorry, I looked away from my uh, microphone there. Sorry if I dipped. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of matches to play and we cannot cover them all. And, uh, yeah, we missed some really, really tight ones. Skips Jay had a, a couple of intense ones and, you know, needed some fresh air uh, after a very <laughs> narrow win at one point. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it was uh, pretty amazing. Uh, what's a what's a highlight for you there, j Mud? What was your favourite play or, or 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 misplay or or anything that you saw?
2: Uh now I had the pleasure of watching P-Jaws Mono Red try to show us a thing or two. Didn't quite play out. Let me just try and run through the matches that I was covering. Uh, okay. I got to see. Oh, look! the the, the best the hi- the highlight that I got to witness or comment on was, of course, the gr- the ultimate grudge match, which was Rolling Royce versus Jedi's Walker in the pre-finals, the semi-finals. Uh, and you had Rolling Royce representing the mono green juggernaut, and Jedi's playing uh, what turned out to be. The best is it combination from a couple of different combinations that were on offer for the day. But the big news story heading into that was, of course, the history between the two this year. Thanks to someone who had the stats to get put the stats together, we were aware that these two had played each other six times throughout the course of this year in Bean's events. And the stats were slightly one sided in favor of Roly Royce. Rolling Royce, just a little, just a little, just a little. He had won all six of those matches heading into this match. So uh, Jedi's was, of course, very pleased to pull out a win from that match. If you win one of seven matches, my, you better make it the semifinals in the end-of-year Invitational.
1: Absolutely. And Cracker did men- uh, did introduce you as a statistician, and that is one of the things that you did. So you you trawled Challange, <laughs> which is the uh, the site that we use to, uh, to manage our leagues, and, and you came up with that, which was huge and uh yeah can't thank you enough for that and you know it's one of those things that takes time and you know it comes from your passion and uh it can can be a bit of a thankless thing uh so i just want to take the moment to say thanks for that because uh it added to the drama it added to the to the fun and yeah it, it there was already plenty on the line yes. in that match yes. uh but yeah you um you know those that research that work that you did sort of added to it and it yeah, made it very very good. So
0: yeah, I I very much enjoyed that. Um, I thought s- the thing you were going to say that you had the pleasure of seeing up close and personal was the double Fetchland pack that Maddie. I was
2: up. going to say that, but then I realised <laughs> I, I was expected to you remember some that. of the magic.
0: <laughs> I mean, no, that, that that was pretty magic. That, that was, was that was a ban- that bananas pack. One of them was a wasn't it an extended art. Misty? Both of them were extended a- arts. One of them was foil. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a Misty and a Catacombs, if I'm
0: remembering correctly. I think, I think it was a um, Marsh Flats. Marsh Flats. And the
2: most so, the most stunning thing about it, because I, I had the pleasure of being on air whilst uh, Matty P opened it, the most stunning thing was he had the audacity to call that shot before he opened the pack. He said, we have, we've opened these packs. We haven't done a Painland yet, so I'm calling a Painland in this pack. He proceeds to open two of them.
1: Two of them—that's like Gabe Nassif, cruel ultimatum <laughs> <matter> <laughs> level cold shots from Maddie P. And uh, so, for those who have no idea what we're talking about, so <laughs> when we stream these things on Twitch, we we do on-stream giveaways, and during our envy, and we're not, not going to give away these every single time we stream <laughs> no, because, yeah, uh, but we it was a special occasion, so we had a full collector's box of MH two. So, yeah, uh, two, we gave away a number of fetch lands, uh, over the course of the day and some other, uh, very, very good cards like Void Walkers and, uh, all of the other shiny stuff you get out of MH2. But two fetch lands, one being foil in the same pack, one being also being a Misty as a, as a blue EA, um, fetch is incredible. So, yeah, I, I was a bit jealous I wasn't on air for that one, JMUD. That was uh, very, <laughs> very, very cool. Uh, for me, uh, Rolling Royce provided uh, two two highlights for me. Uh, one one highlight was kind of two highlights in the same match, and one was a highlight for a kind of separate reason. So the first one was the incredible top decks uh, in in one of the early rounds, yes. where he was playing against Linden, I believe, and the uh, Rolling Royce took that match down by top-decking the uh, Overmold Oddity off the top at the perfect time twice in one match. Just, like, better lucky than good Rolling Royce, but uh, you're also good, uh, so I don't know how you do it. Um, it's a, uh, you know, that's why you put those cards in your deck for that, that exact situation, and they, they showed up at the right time, so that was absolutely incredible.
2: What? And then... Sorry, Sorry one of those was also a spectacular recovery, if I remember correctly, after uh, being the victim of an auto tapping incident. That was going to be my next point. Ah. Absolutely good segue.
1: Yeah, so there was a some old growth trolls uh, enchanting some forests, and the auto tapper meant that uh, they would they were tapped for mana because they had two, and there was like a snakeskin veil from memory in play, but. Not the green mana to uh, to activate it or <laughs> well, to cast that spell. So, and it put uh, it put Rolling Royce in a terrible spot and looked like it may have cost him the match. But yeah, the oddity off the top uh, caught him up and uh, and got the job done. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Rolling Royce was very very entertaining to watch. Uh, played very very well. Uh, you could really tell why Rolling Royce was you know in the envy why why they'd made it that far. And then, you know, they got some entertaining little top decks as well. And that was fun to, to cover um, and, you know, to be be the person calling that action. It was, uh, it was pretty great. So, yeah, Cracker, did you – I know you were in and
0: out. Did you have a highlight? Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head because it was kind of in the midst of doing a bunch of other stuff, but just how polished it was, you know. Like, it was, it was really great the way that, you know, we, we transitioned between the different screens and, and working out what's going on. And it was just really nice to, you know, see – some different people in commentary and and you know get to to watch bits of it so i don't have a particular match i you know epiphanies (laughs) there was some definitely some chained epiphanies that you know all of a sudden was just like oh this game is over now (laughs) like we thought this might happen you know like it just it it came down to that um which is fine i mean that's that's why you play the card so i guess absolutely we should maybe run down the list we haven't even said (laughs) you know jedi's walker one playing epiphany um, yep. And then we had AV Cable on Mono White, Royce on Mono Green, and K-Pop Fanboy on Grixis Horror. Oh no, it's um, bl- Blue Red Horror with a like tiny splash of white.
1: Yeah, so, and uh, so good decks, and you know, yeah. uh, the Horror decks, the Epiphany decks, and the, the Mono Aggro decks. So pretty good representation of kind of what you expect in the metagame making top four. So I, I think that's pretty uh, pretty much expected and it was really hard to call who would be you know in the top 4 uh you know it could have been any one of those 16 players so well, it's a fair, yeah, it's a
2: the, the, all, all the mate all the meta made it to the last 4 it was really well done it's yeah. only uh black white uh, what do we call it black white loss of uh, control loss of control that was a little bit unlucky because it it's uh the metagame it's designed to target, of course, is the, the small aggressive decks that are designed to target the Izzet decks. But all of control saw was Izzet decks in the end. So they had an unlucky run and we lost both of our of
0: representatives
2: early on. That was a shame. I would- yeah. Yeah. I, I
1: agree. That could have been could have been very different.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I did like seeing pjor get to kind of pop off at one point with the um Moonvale Regent in play. Like Stu and I would hope we'd get to see where he was just kind of Chaining, drawing a bunch of cards and and kind of chaining things together in in an attempt to get that de- deck to do something spectacular. He played it very well, but uh, you know, ultimately didn't quite get there. But it was it was good to see, like, ah, oh, there's there's definitely something there. Like, we've got these cards for a while still, so you know, it'd be interesting to see if if there is absolutely something that we can we can do in the future. It's always nice to you know look at what's what's going to come up and look. <clears throat> mono red always gets bigger better as you know standard gets bigger so it will be, be keen to see that it, happening it will be back i i've
1: forth. got a soft spot for moonvale Regent. it uh the one time i've made mythic uh it it played a very very big part in that and obviously it lives in the shadow of the other dragon uh in standard at the moment and and probably rightly so but that card does do work and uh it's a it's, power creep right like green cards <laughs> draw cards and now you know red cards are starting to, to to draw cards and the other one makes a whole bunch of mana so yeah very interesting uh before we move on i just do want to have a shout out to the the chat uh in uh, during the envy it was uh, there was a lot of banter, a lot of good times. Uh, Sephard, if you're listening, keep the dad jokes rolling. I love them. Uh, there was some some good trolling from a couple of the beans' wives or the bean bags, as they've dubbed themselves, um, and and that was that was super fun as well. It was I felt like I was hanging out, you know, with a whole bunch of mates, not just the the people in the room. So uh, I hope you know everybody kind of felt that way. It was um, it, it felt like a real community moment. And without sounding sappy, I'm going to sound sappy and say <laughs> I loved it.
0: That's all right. You're you're allowed to sound sappy. Excellent. Because in in comes Cracker with the next topic. We're going to move on. But if if this sounded like fun and you you know you wanted to get in on it, we've we finished our leagues and the Envy was kind of the the crowning event for the year. But uh, we're going to do it again next year. So to you know, Discord, there'll be links in the show notes. I'll put them in there and uh, you know come hang out, join in next time. Free, free to, to free to join. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So. Yesterday we had a surprise announcement because Wizards likes to do that every now and again. They clearly were, you know, felt we'd been far too long without looking at new cards. It's been at least three weeks, so there there are new cards to look at now. We got Unfinity started to be previewed now. Unfinity doesn't come out until April Fool's Day. It's that far so ahead. We're yeah, we're we're like five months out or whatever it is. It's still a very long way off. But this is the next in the unset. You know, we've had Unhinged, Unglued, Unstable was the last one, right? That was a couple of years ago. And and this one is called Unfinity. So I was reading some of Maro's um, description about where this set came from. That's Mark Rosewater. He's the lead designer for this particular set. He's one of the lead designers for All of Magic. And, uh... <laughs> He's wanted to do a circus trope theme for a while. He's wanted to have a circus themed magic set for years, he was saying. But it never quite fit because, you know, magic is a very, very serious game. We all take it horribly seriously. <laughs> There's no jokes in it at all. Uh, and he couldn't make it work. And so then he got together with, you know, one of the artists who was going to start working on this project with him. They did some of the stuff. And they went through all of the circus tropes they could and ran out really quickly. So, then they extended that to Carnies and and Carnival kind of tropes as well and then ran out of things there really quickly too. And the artist who was working with, she said, well, I've always wanted to do like a retro space themed thing. So, they decided to just jam them all together and now we have Unfinity. So, that gives you kind of the flavor of the set. And so we've got. got I've been few. watching
1: Cowboy Bebop on Netflix uh, recently, <laughs> and it, it fits really well with that. If you enjoy Cowboy Bebop, I think you'll enjoy the art of, of this set a lot.
0: Yeah, it, parts of it remind me of like the Jetsons <laughs> and like uh, what was the day the Ra- Robinson family? Uh, the space Robinson family. The called? space They've Robinson that family. <laughs> is, that, is that is that what it's called? No, it's called.
2: Um, Lost, in, lost space. in space. Thank you very much. Right, yeah. but it
0: was the Robinson family, right? Yes, yeah. Will Robinson, Robinson. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Cool. That's the OG a- one, the the original one was. Yeah. yeah. Not the terrible movie with Matt LeBlanc in it. You mean?
1: No, no. The, then there was a Netflix series, uh, maybe two years ago. Still going. Oh, right. Still going. Yeah. Also,
0: yeah. I lost interest in that
1: pretty quickly. <laughs> it was it was pretty, but yeah, the original series is better, and the uh, the references. In Unfinity seem to be more towards the the OG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's start.
0: it's very much that kind of sixties take on sci-fi, future man. space.
1: Yeah, right? a little bit art deco along the way with some of yeah. the
0: some of the stuff as well. So uh but not silver boarded this time. No. So if if you've played any of the previous un sets, they have always been silver-boarded sets, which means they are not tournament legal, they're not legal in anything. Uh, except for their own, you know, draft. Un-Universe. Format. Yeah, exactly. They're a standalone kind of product. Um, for, it was like a week or two, the um, Rules Committee errated that Silver Border Cards were legal in Commander and all Silver Border Cards were legal in Commander for like two weeks, probably because Wizard said, hey, can you please really do this so we can sell of these <laughs> packs? So they did... And, you know, whatever, you force things onto the commander community and you get a lot of opinions either way. I didn't have any because we didn't play with it at all, but that's fine. So they've kind of made a change this time. It is now, it's all blackboarded. And that's important because there are a number of cards that will be legal in eternal sets. So supplemental products that get printed like commander sets. So anything that doesn't go through like a normal set rotation through standard uh, doesn't land in standard or modern but they will land in formats the eternal formats of vintage and legacy so cards that are printed in commander um, like true name nemesis right is is a prime example of that uh, it's you know you you get protection from a player effectively so you know this stuff can block it you can't you know you can't target it with removal spells all that sort of stuff and it was a really big deal because you you know you chose a target player and in Commander, that's great because it was a 3-1 and it, you could choose one person it got protection from and there were like two other people at the table, so it was a bit of politics and whatever. But, you know, in Legacy, it became a, a real issue because there was very few ways to very um, cleanly deal with it. So, you know, these these things can have some further reaching implications. Now,
1: on True Name Nemesis, my favourite True Name Nemesis thing ever is I had mm. both a Sword of Fire and Ice and an Umazawa's Jitte equipped to it in a seven-point Highlander match. I won that game. I wonder why. <laughs> mm, it was good. It was good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pigging things, drawing cards, throwing counters around. That oh, sounds, it was so good. Sounds yeah. like a good time. Yeah. Uh, also, a 5-3. <laughs> yeah, 5-3 with Jute things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was very good. Uh, so, all that is to say that this set is no longer silver-boarded. So, there will actually be... They've decided to go with an acorn stamp. An acorn hollow stamp. So I don't know if you boys ever paid attention to it, but on rares and mythics, right at the bottom in there's the center... Little there's a oval, right? Correct. There's a little oval holo stamp that says this is an official wizard's thing. It's the little planeswalker symbol. Right. That's the only way you're going to be able to differentiate between cards that are legal in sets like Commander and Legacy and Vintage and then... Cards that are, are are not. So anything that doesn't have an acorn stamp in it will be legal, and anything that does won't. Which was suitably confused by the fact that Wizards previewed the buy box promo with the normal oval symbol on it, but in fact it was supposed to have the acorn. Symbol. <laughs> so <laughs> just Wizards things. I don't know how they they manage to do this all the time. Anyway, so they've previewed just a few cards. I think there's five at the moment. I'm not going to run through them all now, but there are some notable reprints that are going into this. Yeah, I think,
1: j Mud, J-Mudd, can you tell us about these reprints, these lands that we've seen once or twice before, and they're getting a, a bit of a fresh new look?
2: It's just no big deal, really. I mean, they're only reprinting the most valuable lands, that, uh, is it true to say the most valuable lands on the market? Replining the shock lands. They did say they were going oh, to... I was going to say OG Jewels. <laughs> uh, so the, from, the from those
1: most valuable non-reserve list non-fetch land, I yeah. guess. Uh, they, yeah. they, they did promise
2: <laughs> that they were going to reprint these sometime this year. They just neglected to mention it was going to be in the next unset. Uh, so we've got the full range... Yeah, there's all 10. All the way from Hallowed Fountain to Breeding Pool. I think the the the, the biggest deal here is of course the art is spectacular.
1: I yes. am in love with the Godless Shrine just quietly. Like that dark side of the moon uh like that is just stunning. Uh absolutely love it. it what I like about it is it's it looks like damnation.
2: Yes it does. In, in it.
1: Yeah, and it just it fits. It's so thematic. I absolutely I mean, just it's just gorgeous. One of my favourite all-time magic arts. If you if you haven't seen it, just pause the cast, Google it, check them out, and, and have a look. They're they're all and we're back. And you agree with me? Thank
2: <laughs> you. <laughs> they're they're all in the Lost in Space slash Jetson style of uh, uh, things. So they're all got a spacey theme to them. So it's magic in space, and it it, it does work. They do look gorgeous, and it's somewhat traditional that the unset has gorgeous full frame lands, isn't it? They are very much. So. There are a reason to buy the unset, even if they're silver bordered.
0: Yeah, so it, the the original unglued was the first one, I think. Yes, uh, and that was the first time we saw full art basic lands. And if you have got like an original foil full art pl- um, island, they're worth like fifty bucks or something. They're like an expensive basic. I, because- I think
1: the first one, the first one that came out, they didn't come in foil from memory. But then, when Unhinged came out with those, I think they were Mark Pool art ones. I, yeah, mm. they were they were up to like ninety dollars oh. at one. They probably point. still are. Yeah, yeah. It was they're they're very nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> yeah. so they've they've got full art basics again, and and for memory, there's a couple of different um, types as well. So there's a couple of different art styles for each of them. Uh, so, what do you boys think about this being sort of legal? in other format.
2: I've never partic- I've never personally focused beyond the standard format, never invested beyond standard, so it doesn't affect me personally, but it does feel confusing. Um the the un- the unset experience is supposed to be casual play, isn't it?
0: Um, it, it yeah, they're always like whimsical sets.
2: Whimsical sets and it, and it sort of there's this extra layer of stuff you can't do with normal cards. Game things you're never going to do for real. In a competitive environment, and now half the set has real stakes or viable cards, and the other half is just gets to be silly and stupid. Uh, if, if if it's a good ploy to make it more, to so get more people to invest in it, for sure. But is what's what sort of effect is it going to have on the unexperience? Is it? Gonna- yeah,
1: I I agree with you. I, it's a marketing ploy to sell more of this and. You know, wizards are allowed to be a business and and sell cards, but it is very confusing at at the cost of that. And like secret lair exists, why not release a secret lair with these lands uh, in conjunction with the release of the unsets? You know, with the you know the same themed art. Maybe because they're going to do that anyway. I don't know. But what's legal, what's not? Someone's going to get confused at some point, and there's going to be you know commander players i'm thinking of you know it's like come on man that's an acorn you can't play that card <laughs> uh, type stuff it's going so, to happen yeah so I, I find it confusing and it's at the yeah the player confidence versus revenue there's that same line that wizards often walks right so i feel like they're very close to that line this time around so
2: i think we have to assume think, so, sorry crack i think we no, no i go think for. we have to assume that if it has got an acorn on it it's just straight up silly, you know. It's just straight up fun, whimsical, silly—the sort of stuff that you just can't get away with playing in a real game. And anything else, which is just mere flavor or space stuff, but yeah, the, the mechanics behind it is reasonable if not broken. Then th- those are the ones that are going to be not the Acorn.
1: Yeah. So there is the guest category of of cards in in the uh, in this set where. The the guest cards are going to be legal in the eternal formats, or or be reprints, so you know you can play your, you know, shiny new overgrown tomb, which is a spaceship with plants growing out of it, in your modern deck, for example, or your historic deck. So um, I don't know if it's going to be on arena, uh, whether you know you can there'll be a special event, and then you could get a special card style for these. I guess we'll have to see that come next april but yeah i think it's uh it's just confusing and maybe releasing it this early is going to give us a you know a moment to kind of figure that out and get used to the idea i don't know but yeah i love the lands i love the art i'm super excited for them i want them but they don't really fit
0: with the UN sets, right the lands you mean or just
1: uh the the releasing the of the lands, the,
0: yeah, yeah. No, no, so, I, see, I think the lands are a really good fit. I like the fact that they've just gone, this is a good spot to put them in, and, you know, they've they've always done, it's kind of been, like we said, the hallmark of these sets has been just beautiful art lands, and, you know, that's always been the draw card. I, I think for me, I don't know. I kind of, I'm in two minds. I think that the implementation of this idea is awful. I don't know whether the idea itself is awful, having some legal cards and others, it's pretty confusing, but you kind of, there are so many formats now with so many different ban lists. Like if you want to get into something, you kinda just have to go with it. <laughs> you know, like there have been multiple times where I'm like, oh, like I remember ages ago Chewie, I was like, oh dude, imagine if Disciple of the Vault was legal in modern. Like how good would that be in Affinity? And we were like, oh, it is. Like we just thought for whatever, I thought for whatever reason it would be banned or, you know, so there's just, there's stuff like that. I think that, you know, we, we can deal with a level of complexity, but just, if you're gonna make some of it not legal and some of it like just print the stuff that isn't legal in silver border. Like just be done with it. Like just go, here's the stupid stuff. This is silver border. Here's the stuff you can play. Anything that way, just like anything that is blackboarded is legal. Anything that is not is not, right? Yeah, I agree. And just Fair. It, That's just a cl- and I understand that like when you open your pack, it might look a bit weird, but we have so many different art styles now. You've got altered arts, or, you know, like you've got extended frame. I mean, we had the showcase thing. Like if you look at all the different art styles that we had in just like Eldraine, you could have like three different variants of the same card. In,
1: in the, the same pack. At yeah. the same
0: time. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So yeah. like, I think we can deal with that. the fact that the art looks a little different, but it's just one tiny little insignificant symbol that no one pays any attention to. It's like the set symbol. Like, unless you're like trying to remember, oh, what's that crazy looking... You know, weird M-shaped thing, you're like oh, that's like onslaught, or what's the palm tree, you're like you know, that's mirage. But it doesn't matter. Like no one cares. It doesn't. It isn't relevant to anything, unless you're trying to work out whether you know that was legal in modern at the time, or, or something like that. So I, yeah, I get what they're doing, and they are doing it to sell more products. And you know, from from what they were saying, the last set sold really well, like really, really well. Apparently, it was like an excellent draft format it seemed fun across the board like it it kind of just got rave reviews even from people who had no interest in unsets but the problem with them has always been that you finish the draft and you're like i got a sweet land these are just going in the bin now because there's just no point to them uh the the other thing with this set we're gonna have collector boosters
2: well that's why they've (laughs) dropped silver borders
0: yeah i guess so because
2: yeah you you need to have full frame arts sure and halt but
1: to Cracker's point, if you can't do anything with them, like, you're going to go through... The first thing you're going to look at in the Collector Booster is you're going to take all the acorns and you're just going to put them aside, and then you're going to have a look at the cards that are actually relevant to your commander deck, to your modern deck, to your legacy deck, whatever, and, and they're the ones you're going to be excited about, right? Like, if there might be the most stunning art, mythic acorn slash silver border you know equivalent but you can go oh yeah that's great i it's a collector booster i'm not drafting this i can't play it anywhere unless i'm playing kitchen table magic with some friends built around un. then you know it's kind of a blank piece of cardboard no matter how beautiful it might be and foil so
0: So, but you know for some people that's enough you know there are people who just want to collect everything one of each, and put it in a binder, and just have these cool, funny joke things to to look at and read. So, like, that's a small um, percentage of the market. I, I agree, right? I, yeah. totally. It's a, it's a very small percentage, and look, I'm glad that this product exists. I am, but it's it's never been one for me, and it's kind of annoying that it feels like they're forcing it to now be a product for me because I'm interested in. Comm-
2: how large? any anyway. how large a percentage of the market is Polywaffle again?
0: <laughs> He's
2: uh.
1: Of the Australasian market, probably fifty percent. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so he'll buy some. He'll get them he'll all. He'll buy some. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Interesting, you say that. The last couple of sets, he, he really hasn't been buying at all.
1: Huh. Uh, he's he wants value, but I think these shocklands and and such will will. And we, you know, we've seen a very small number of cards released so far Previews.
0: yeah so far, yeah we've so. seen four so you know look it's a full set it's like i said it's like six months away so i mean we've spent ages on this um and everyone will forget about it again until you know march when they start I have to really share my outrage page. cracker correct like i said to Stu, i'm not that outraged <laughs> <laughs> no no neither am i it's just you know it's it's a thing it's that's interesting. I'll play. Because it it's continually makes it interesting. And, and look, the other thing about the unsets is they actually use it as a proven ground for a lot of ideas. Yes. So uh, if you remember Chewy, the BFG, the big, oh, big, very, big, very monster BFM. the Yeah, yeah, the 9999. Yeah, yeah. So if you, if you look at that, that's actually like the meld cards that we yeah, saw. Yeah, Gisela
1: and whatever the other angel Bruna. was. Br- yep. Yeah,
0: yep. So they've done things in these unsets as like, kind of the test platform we also saw in the last set the um, the cards where you could join them together so you could play like a front half and then you'd play like a back half and join them together and it's actually like an early version of mutate it was yeah good call so you could yep. play like a shark and then a man or like a shark octopus or whatever it was in, in kind of a, a build your own build your own thing so it, they, they definitely use it for those kinds of things and in, in this set you know there's a lot of. Like dice rolling. We've just seen a whole bunch of dice rolling in, you know, Adventures of the Forgotten Realm. So it, it has its place. Um yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I like Check it. out the art at, at, at the least. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's stunning. It's stunning. But uh that's five months away. What is very, very close in comparison by this weekend, uh yeah. probably as you're listening to this, is a bit of an event on arena that we've been very much looking forward to. What's what's happening this weekend? It's the arena draft open. Stop it. Drafting.
2: Drafting <laughs> an arena. <laughs> mm-hmm. why, okay. why is it taking them so long to get to this point? Yeah,
0: that's my question. Because no one cares about draft? Oh, People, no love, no. Draft. <laughs> People <laughs> love draft. Most, uh, <laughs> oh. most popular oh. channel in the Discord. I, I know. I know. I had to say it because you guys are <laughs> the
1: So they've done sealed uh, yeah. arena opens and obviously constructed both standard and historic if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. uh so now actually getting draft and for anybody who's been you know listening to to this podcast for any length of time knows that we've been calling for custom drafts where we can you know draft with our friends and you know get get eight people together and like when arena cubes about i'm all about this that sort of stuff so it'd be really fun we want it for our leagues yes please this, uh, th- they did it at Worlds where they drafted on Arena. They So, did. so they hey. kind of tested it in that environment, which is
0: Just quietly, great. there's a secret announcement tomorrow. What? As in, Wizards have said there's an announcement coming tomorrow. Oh, did oh, they no announce an announcement, announcement? They sure did. but That is so Ooh. out of character. I know. Uh, I know. But I, <laughs> my first thought was, oh, maybe we can do like individual draft pods now. Oh, that'd
2: be so I, I guess
0: the the reason that they haven't done this before is it's actually much harder to run. Yes, it is. because you need to have pods that fire so if you've got constructed you just need to find two people and pair them up same with sealed right you just get a sealed pool you build a deck and away you go but draft is definitely much much more difficult to do in a timely fashion on the scale of plays that they would expect for this type of event so i guess that's why they haven't done it up to this point you know making sure that the infrastructure will hold up and fingers crossed it does but you know You don't want people sitting there waiting for a draft to fire for, you know, 20 minutes or something like that. That's going to be an unpleasant experience. But it's actually
1: a realistic experience. If you've ever gone to your LGS on a Friday night waiting for the draft to fire, you pretty regularly sit around for 20 minutes waiting for people to show up and then you've got six and then three people come and they're like, Oh, if we can't draft together, we don't want to. And you got to wait some more. So it's actually realistic. So I'm, I'm all about it. It's, it's, it's actually <laughs> Doesn't make it good. The magic limited experience. <laughs> that's, so that's not the point of arena at all, man. But what but, but I, yeah, no, you don't want to. Yeah. That, that's fair.
0: Um, that's uh, arena is. Magic.
1: Yeah. No, no, I'm not going to say that. I, I enjoy arena. It's just, you know, it's a, um, yeah. And it's made magic accessible to, to everybody, but, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a magic boomer uh, <laughs> and I just want people to know my pain. You know, I, that, what I just said about that, that story was the magic equivalent of, you know, walking uphill both ways to school every day, right? So um, it's uh, – but anyway, I, we digress. Uh, arena open, day one, you can choose either best of one or best of three. Uh, it's, it's a pretty steep entry. And I think for some people, this might actually be a barrier to to actually entering these events, but they've actually changed the the entry structure to be consistent. So every single arena open, whether it be sealed, draft, or constructed, no matter what format, it's going to be 25,000 gold or 5,000 gems, which is an increase from 22,500 or
2: 4,500. I was about to ask that. Sorry? Sorry, I was about to ask that. That is an increase in the open it is. entry fees.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. So it's gone up. The prize payout's also gone up. Uh, I don't know exactly the reasoning behind this. It's trying to get some of the gold and gems out of the economy, perhaps, uh, I guess. But uh, it's a, uh, you know, some people will be, you know, put off by this. And, you know, the, the draft format's. Also going to be a little bit different to what we're used to, particularly from a best of three perspective. So best of one, so you sit down, you, you wait until there are eight other players and you know it's around the world, so you should get that. And you play until you get seven wins or you get your third loss. If you get to seven wins, you progress to day two. Uh, in best of three, it's four wins or one loss. You have to go four and O, oh, uh, which seems a bit harder than going seven, two in my mind perhaps and then day three is all best of three until you get eight wins massive invest yeah or or get your second loss so that seems really steep seems insane
0: yeah yeah i'm that's like pt top eight level drafting record yeah so you've a- got to go it's a long day <laughs> yeah well that's the other thing like and that's what i was saying this it's like stewed. fifteen two or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, but you've got to you've got to play potentially nine rounds, best of three draft. That is a massive day. That could easily be eight or nine hours.
1: Yeah, when you factor by, in by drafting time, and time, building your deck, yeah, yeah, yeah and, and like
0: time in between games and and all that sort of stuff. Like it is it is a commitment of an entire day. And the, the sad reality of where we are is that you know that's like. Sunday night to Monday morning. Mm, yep. Usually, we can't start before two in the morning or three in the morning. Something gross like mm. that. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's, it's, they need to fix that, uh, I think. Like if they,
0: they need to do a region based thing.
1: They, they do. They do. And they've had that for other thing, other tournament organizers have had that and mm-hmm. had it with some success. And, you know, if you look at the player base in, in Asia, uh, which we can piggyback off here in Australia, then, you know, that's, that's a, fair share of the the metagame right and then uh then you know there's parts of europe and then north america or the americas so there's three distinct regions where they can absolutely kick this off just having separate start times and if i wanted to start at three in the morning i could Mm -hmm. and get on the get on the americas one but that's just not an option to to have something in our region so the price and the the timing do make it difficult for us uh all of that being said, are you gonna get a chance to play in this one, J Mud, do you think?
2: All that I be- know you love some limited. All that being said, I'm in.
1: I mean I'm I mean in also, yeah. yeah. I'm
2: gonna jam it. I'm gonna do it. I'll give it I'll yes. give it one crack.
1: Yeah, I've only got the gold to give it one yeah. crack. So I've been saving it up. Uh but yeah, so cracker, you you're comfortable jumping into like a constructed one. Is this yep. is this a bit out of your range or is this something you'd be interested in doing?
0: I mean, I haven't drafted this format at all, so it just seems like <laughs> throw of a lot of gold for me. Um it's look, it's interesting. I'm glad that they're running it. I'm glad that draft is now a thing. Like even though I don't play it as, as much as other formats, I think it's great. I, I really do like it when I get to do it. So it's sweet that we've we've now got this opened up to us. So I, I won't be firing one particularly as I'm still, you know, getting ready to move and all that fun stuff. But um yeah. It it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I look forward to seeing the decks that you guys managed to, to draft. Uh and Chewy, you were saying before about Best of one seem like it's slightly easier. I I did see the the other statistician that's worth paying attention to, in in Doctor Frank Carsten, psh, and psh, he was saying Mr. best Carsten. of one is actually Mister hmm?
2: Carsten. Come on, what is what Who's is he? he? he <laughs> he's
0: he's
1: he's the Kmart J mud. Just quietly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what did he
0: say about best of one? It's easier to get through to day two on best of one than best of three. Yeah.
1: Based, like based in, on, a,
0: on a normal win rate, yes. um, he's saying it's an easier path. If you want to look him up, check him out, Carsten Frank on yeah. uh, on Twitter. And he's in, got graphs and game win rates. And he's he's, he's 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 got like, I don't even know how you describe the equation he's written because I don't know what one of those symbols is. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, maths. And <laughs> yeah. it's for blockers. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Uh, yeah. So intuitively looking at, you know, seven wins or three, or you know seven two or four one like my gut tells me that seven wins and two losses is easier to get than four and zero. Uh, but so it's good to you know have your instinct backed up by you know uh, some trusted numbers from, from from Frank. So that's great. And
2: mm-hmm. I'm very much in the camp of I'm sure what a lot of the slightly more casual players think, and that is, hang on a minute. If I go into the best of three Q and I lose my first match, I'm out. Yes. What? I want to at least play three times with this twenty-five k entry. Um, exactly, yeah. And
1: and and that is, I uh, furious agreement there, J because yep.
2: that's a uh,
1: yeah. You're only going to get the super spiky players. So if you're not a mythic level limited player, just play best of one. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge uh, supporter of playing best of three. But in this instance, it's just not worth it. In my mind, just yeah, we're personal. all trying to
0: maximize your EV, right? Exactly. Yeah.
2: you, you so. everyone loves their draft deck. Most most of the time, you you want to at least be invested in your draft deck by the time you've built it, and you want to have more than one crack at it. So uh, th- there's no quicker way to tilting than to drop out of the best three q after one game and never get to play that yeah. thing again.
1: Exactly, and that's a that's a really good point. Like you you've made the commitment in. You know the the currency within Arena, and you've you've bought the bought in with your gold or your gems. You have made you know forty five different decisions, Well, let's say forty two different decisions. You can't decide on the last pick on on what to pick, and then you've you've built your deck. You've got your your curve to something that's functional. You've decided whether you're going to splash that removal spell. You've figured out your mana base, and then you sit down and play. Like that's a fair investment in, in a draft deck, and it's... Yeah, to for that to just, you know, in, in five minutes of, of, you know, mana screw or something just completely evaporate. Yeah, I this model doesn't sit well with me when we've got a game with as much variance of uh, that Magic does, right? So I would rather see this being a little more forgiving. But, you know, they've crunched the numbers and figured out the best value from a business perspective, obviously. So that's what we're working with.
2: This format too, yeah? But- the, the this particular set it's very popularly described as a prince set, so it's very easy to just find some player dropping. Oh, what, what's the biggest prince in the set, Chewy?
1: I'm not sure what that the bi- terminology. Sorry,
2: means. the biggest bomb. The, the, it's it's a bomb heavy limited set.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I definitely found that in uh, in sealed. So open the seven mana flash horror thing, and and you'll do well. Yeah, right. So, um, whole, whole breaker horror, uh, that, that's the strategy. That's the, the limited advice that I can give.
2: <laughs> so open the good ones. Uh, I had,
1: yeah, I've, I've had a couple of seven wins. I've had two seven wins in this format. We in sealed and one in draft, but the seven one included whole bridge of horror and the other was a, a blue white hyper synergistic, um, the what's the comes back as an enchantment from the graveyard
2: oh, mechanic called uh, not unearth, um, not, the en, other one. not embalm. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I do know what you yeah. mean. That one,
0: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good at this thing,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, um, yeah. So, like, I just got like, I opened the seal pool, it was hyper synergistic, and then I uh had a, a, a limited deck that was uh you know, just brought the beat down and, you know, I was clearly the only player in that colour. So I kind of got more lucky than anything. So I've drafted a bunch to like middling success. I can tell you it's a really fun draft format. It is. But yeah, sometimes you can have a really good deck. You know, you can have a champion deck, but you get beaten by a champion, if that makes sense. Like that Prince uh, that you're uh, you're, uh, referring to, J-Mudd. So sometimes it's just like they... We're having a really good game of magic. They played that thing. I couldn't deal with it and I lost. <laughs> so it, it's nice when you, uh, in that seat, when you go, I was about to lose and then I flashed in my whole breach of horror and got to untap with it and that was all she wrote. But I feel like I'm on the receiving end rather than dishing it out more often than not.
2: There there are a good handful of, oh, look, I've played this card now I win the game sort of cards in this set. That is for certain. Massive Black Leech comes to mind.
1: Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Talks so, it's wrong. a... Um, you've got to have a bit of luck, uh, which feels a bit sealedish for a draft format, but it's a... Uh, you know, that that's where we're at. There, there's some really powerful cards in this format that can kind of dominate the game.
0: So, if you do manage to get all the way through and win all the way to day two and then all the way through day two you do win two and a half thousand dollars us so if you've got the time and you know you, you're particularly good at it you know there's there's some pretty good reward which is actually up it was two thousand dollars for a long time so they've they've kind of bumped the prizes that come with it but uh you know, give it a go and like we said the limited channel is always very active in our discord so you know, after you've drafted your deck and if you want some tips on you know the last couple of cuts you need to make, jump in there, post a picture, and you'll have a bunch of people definitely very keen to help you out.
1: Absolutely. So, a quick Google tells, so two and a half US, two and a half thousand US dollars is $3,519.25 Australian.
0: Wow. So, not bad. That dollar's really bad at the moment.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's like three jewel ends. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so the other thing that's actually happening this weekend is difficult to find information on because wizards don't like to promote organized play apparently. But there is like the premiere event uh, on this weekend. So I believe it's the set championship or the equivalent. So it's like the old pro tour. It is both standard and historic. So if you're keen on checking out some coverage on that, um, the Magic Twitter, sorry, Magic Twitter will have information. But uh, it'll be run on Twitch. So you know, there'll, there'll definitely be some high level play. They look, they do a good job of the coverage, and you know, like they they can put on a good show. So it it'll, it'll definitely be worthwhile checking out if you're interested in in standard and and some historic decks and see what's going on with the the most recent changes there. So it's I look I really enjoy getting to see super high level play. You know, the these people that are just truly excellent at the game. It, you always learn something from watching those.
1: They are much better than us.
0: They are. They are definitely, and you know that's why that's why they get to play in these events, you know. So it's it's pretty great that we still get to see some of that. And it'll be you know it's all an arena event, so tune in at some point, check it out in between your limited rounds. Um The last couple of things, just to, to wrap up the show, we've gonna we are going to do uh, another live stream in a couple of weeks for the final podcast for the year. So on the sixteenth. We're gonna do a bit of a Christmas special. We're going you know, we have a bunch of giveaways. Uh, there's some. We've still got more stuff, Chewy. Uh, <laughs> we've yeah, got, uh, we've still got product <laughs> just lying around that so we don't know what to do with. There's
1: Josh and Pat's have sent us uh,
0: the. We've got I've got a box. Wait, don't tell them. Oh, okay, okay. So oh. you got to you got to tune in. Eh? You got to you got to come <laughs> and hang out on on Twitch uh, in a couple of weeks. So it's uh, the 16th. It'll be on Thursday night. We usually start about like 9 p.m. Eastern. Whatever we are at the moment. Melbourne time. You can work it out. I can't be bothered with all the letters. Um. So, so come come hang out with us and, you know, see if we can send off the year in in some fun. Will you be wearing a Santa's hat, Cracker? Like, it's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> like I get so sweaty in those things. I've, if I can find one, I might put one on. Elf costume, Just- anyone?
1: I I'll have to dig up an old photo. Uh, we did a carols by candlelight thing, and my brother in law dressed up as Santa, and I was there in my red tights as as the elf. No, so I'll, I'll try to find a photo for you, J
2: Red tights, uh, Chewy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Share that one to I Discord.
0: Looked, it um it was a sight. I guess we <laughs> I could looked call good. It. I looked so good. So yeah, it was good. Was, was a number of years ago now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so was, I was,
0: probably 30 kilos lighter anyway um like i said if you want to find us i'll just kind of do do the last couple of bits if you want to find (laughs) us come hang in our discord that's really just the best place to to engage with us you can join our events from there i've got we'll have a link to all of those places in the show notes if you're looking for us on twitch um, or twitter or youtube or facebook it's just magic beans cast everywhere you should be able to find us pretty easily as always, check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They really are wonderful sponsors of the show, and we're very, very pleased to, you know, continue working with them. So please, you know, have a look at what they've got on offer over the weekend, and and maybe pick yourself up a couple of sweet bargains. Otherwise, if you're wanting to contact myself directly on Twitter, you can do that at Joel Hill underscore and Chewy. You are at Chewy MTG. And Jema, do you have a Twitter account? Oh, is that a thing oh, you this is
2: my pit. Wow. Yeah. At, at, and Mud, you are?
0: J- yeah, Mud, you are?
2: At jmud underscore
0: mtg. Brilliant. All right. What? Thank you, everyone, for hanging out. We've had a great time, and we hope you have too. And we will see you all very soon. Take care. <laughs>